Good evening and welcome to the Football Babble. Uh, just myself, Steve and Cousin Mud, Johnny here tonight. Um, uh, what is it, four or five days after the Champions League final? We've got a chance to sit down and chat about what happened during the game, obviously, and, uh, well, what's happened before the game and after the game and and some of the lies being spouted and different things and how so- people have maybe reacted or um, behaved, sorry, on on social media and whatever we'll get we'll get into all of it um pogba has an or man united announced that pogba is is away today he's left on free and he can go wherever he pleases um different things have happened he can go wherever he wants uh talk about mo salah potentially doing the same thing next year and going wherever he wants a whole lot of different things going on football arsenal being linked with every Number nine going at the minute, and a lot are Syria, which just seems awesome. And Tammy Abraham, Dean Mafieu, um, Latara Martinez, he scored for Argentina tonight against Italy, and just different things. But we'll get into it. Um, we'll get we'll start with the football if that's okay. The actual match on uh, the Champions League final, sorry, on Saturday night, and get it out of the, ro- the way first. Um, what did you, Steve, what did you make of the game? Uh, what did you make of Real Madrid tactics? Obviously, Carlo Ancelotti, King Carlo, or Don Carlo, whatever you want to call him, played a blinder again, and he's he's now won the thing four times, which is absolutely it is four. It's not it's four times, which is absolutely wild, and he's out in his own now as the most. So, yeah, what did you make of him? Um, I think for him, it's a tough one with Madrid, right? Because nobody is. Nobody looks at Zidane and says, that's a world-class, um, unbelievably, like, skillful and nuanced and, like, coach. And yet they're given, like, um, they're giving King Carlo all of these plaudits for pretty much, like, a, a run and the most improbable European Cup run I've ever seen in my life um, and I don't know how much of it is down to like tactics and how much of it is down to his, his planning like is is sitting back and hoping that Liverpool miss shot after attempt or attempt after attempt shot after shot and then catching them with one of maybe three attacks in the entire game that you launch like is that good management I don't know. Like, I think if you play that final ten times, I think Liverpool will win at nine, um, and that's re- must be incredibly frustrating um, for Liverpool fans. Um, but in terms of his overall, I suppose, uh, like record, you know, I said won it, won all the major leagues, um, won, oh, won it with. Not necessarily always the best group of players as well. I think there ha- you have to give them some credit in the, at that point of view. But to me, overall, as a as a game, as a as a as a football match, it felt like Liverpool lost it much more than it felt like Real Madrid won it. Um, I think I saw a stat today. Someone ran like ten thousand simulations of Liverpool's three cup finals this year, and they were more likely to have scored fifteen goals in those three games than they would have been to score zero. Um so it just goes to show like what a what a fluke kind of it was that they didn't manage to to 
to kind of be Courtois. And I know there was a lot of that stuff about Courtois and like, you know, and then it became personal Michael Jordan. <laughs> and then it was personal Michael uh, Jordan. I, I only I only came across this um the other night. I com- I completely missed this because I'm gonna get into it like like during the during the game and then after the game I I come be arsh looking at anything because of about the game and it's not uh, sorry I think I'm not I wasn't sorry at all like for a fuck's you get beaten finally get mm. beaten final but it was obviously what was going on and um different things so I only really heard this the other night on the Monday night club that was it four four two hadn't put him in the top ten or something goalkeepers in the yeah. world so he he held this grudge and then the prick decides to unleash it on a Champions League final against Liverpool like he, he couldn't just you know he had to unleash it then um but yeah, I, I I know look he's he's a European champion now and he's he's probably going to be named as best goalkeeper in the world but it seems a bit mad I actually don't like I don't think he was very good in the run up to the final I thought he was at fault for <clears throat> two of the goals against City um and I think in the previous round he you know he he's he has this habit of being beaten at his near post quite a lot um Pepe Arena. Yeah, yeah. Um and I thought that came out to play. So that's why there was I think even before like during the game, someone I follow, like a sports journalist, tweeted like, Oh, Court Courtois is not hasn't got the the, the plaudits he's deserved in, in Madrid's run to the final. And I was like, Yeah, because he's been shy. Um and like so the the whole it just it yeah, we obviously have to, and we will discuss like the delayed start to the game and things like that, and all of that, all of that, obviously has an impact. And I think it wasn't so much that Madrid reacted better, um, because I think Liverpool did dominate the game, but no, there was a bit, there was almost something. Like Madrid felt like they deserved to be there, that they this is their place, like you know. Um, whereas Liverpool, it just it felt a bit, a bit naive, a bit. It was all a bit like headless. Um, and yeah. I know that I know there are two teams that thrive in chaos. I completely understand that, but it just Madrid just kind of felt like look, it'll come, you know. Whereas. Liverpool were forcing it a little bit. And I thought mm. that was an interesting thing as well because it was a little bit like the FA Cup final where it was chance after chance after chance after chance and just not putting it away. Um, so from that point of view, like for me, like I, 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 I said it already, but like I think if you play that game 10 times, Liverpool win at nine comfortably in normal time. I, I, I agree. I think from the first minute, Liverpool looked rushed. The front three anyway looked rush. I thought the lads in midfield, um, <clears throat> pardon me, were were grand. I thought so, unless you asked him on the wanker, but I think Thiago was 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 brilliant in midfield at times and he was steadying things. I thought Rumi did midfield also also was well was good, especially Casemiro. I thought Liverpool's best player was Kanate by my and I think people People talk about um, Van Dijk's performance against Spurs in 2019, and I'll let you come in here now, Johnny, and is it being amazing? But I actually think Kanate, and I know the outcome was different, I think Kanate's overall performance is better than Van Dijk's in 2019. Like, he was not, he wasn't like two, two well, so many minutes it was in the game, Vinicius goes to stand him up, and that's what Vinicius wants to do, and I know he, he gets the goal in the end, because Trent doesn't see him from about 40 yards out, but Kanate just stands him up, takes the ball off, puts him out of the road. 
It's one we're one nil down. It's about ten or twelve minutes to go. Vinicius breaks. Canana just stands there, takes the ball off him, runs out with it. He was no fear at all. And the whole talk about it beforehand was playing Matt up because Joel Matt was the senior centre half and gave him a chance. But I think that was one of the one of the positives you can maybe take if you're a Liverpool fan. I'm not talking about what happened outside the game, but during the game is that Canada's performance in a in a Champions League final as the baby. He stood up and he was. I thought he was like easily Liverpool's best centre half. I thought he outshone Van Dijk by miles. He was a colossal. And and going forward, that's you look at that going. Flip, he's only 20, 21, 22, So good signs there. But what what did you make of it, Johnny? Obviously, the outcome and then obviously the match. What did you think? I thought Liverpool did play well. I just think they came up against a keeper who had something to prove. Obviously. Um, I don't think it's really fair. Like a lot of people have been saying about Madrid don't deserve to win the Champions League, whatever. Like, you know, look at the run they kind of went through the beat PSG, the beat the current European champions, the beat Man City, and then the beat Liverpool. Like, I mean, three of the three of the four best teams in Europe at the minute have beat them all. They've won La Liga. I mean, it's a bit unfair to say they don't deserve it. I mean, they took their chance and Liverpool didn't take their chances. Um, I did see a wee stat there that Liverpool haven't scored in the final from 2019 since against Spurs, which I got, it's weird. <laughs> you've won, you've won two finals. You know what I mean in the, in that period as well, which is daft. Um, I think um, I the 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 scored in the Super Cup and the Club World Cup. But I think the the other yeah they haven't scored. They didn't score in any of the finals this year. I think it was. They didn't score in, in a, oh, well, obviously penalties, but they didn't score yeah. in any of their finals, yeah, this year. <clears throat> like, I mean, the chances, I think, also, like the Mane chance in the first half where Courtois, that was a great save, don't get me wrong, it was a great save. And then Salah coming through, I think, um, at his near post, funny enough, where Courtois is normally shaped. Uh, it, was, it was a good save as well. He did play very well. Um it's just one. It's just one of those nights, isn't it? Like, like you say, nine times out of ten, Liverpool probably won it. Um, I think Liverpool ended up was it twenty four shots or something mad like that. Uh, I think so. Something, something crazy anyway. And then to lose the final, it obviously is sickening, like Phil. But you know, obviously everything that's been said about Liverpool fans and stuff by <clears throat> you know the the French and everything else going along with it, I mean, it's a bit of a disgrace. But it hasn't been a bad season. For Liverpool, no, like a lot of people that. have been have been laughing at Liverpool and having a, a parade for the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. Like I mean, came very close to doing the quadruple. They just couldn't get over the line. I, I thought it was interesting you said there about how Liverpool were very rushed. I felt in the last game of the season there against Wolves, which were one each particularly, I felt like Liverpool just it's like in FIFA where you go ultra attacking. They have yeah. no defenders left. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What are they doing, lads? Just, just yeah. take your time. It'll come. You have done yeah. it so often, and I think maybe because the crowd were just like, at the time, Man City were were losing, and the crowd were like, "Come on, come on, get a goal." And there was one stage I thought Wolves should have had a penalty in that game as well, by the way. But Wolves definitely had the better yeah. chances in that game and didn't take them. So it's I don't know. It's it's just maybe maybe it was just maybe too much for for that team in the end, but. They've had a great season. The news of Sadio Mane going as well is probably not great for you. As I suppose, with all the stuff Salah's coming out with, I thought 
over the last few weeks, Sal has been, like I think I said it last week, I think before, he's blowing smoke up his own holes ridiculously. You know what I mean? Like, And then he's going to probably run down his contract and go off to Barcelona or Real Madrid or whatever next year on a, on a big deal. So I think um, there's probably a bit of rebuilding there for Liverpool. Like, I mean, you've Luis Diaz, great player. He's coming through. Diogo Jada is still there. But there's probably going to need to be somebody coming in there on the on the right hand side to replace Salah over the next year or two. Uh, Trent will move in the midfield in his natural position. <laughs> he, he was at fault for the goal he was, but like I'm not going to criticize him for it. Like you know, he's um... it's, it's so it's so sickening because I could hear Steve laughing when the goal went in and. <laughs> And Trent, a bar on that, Trent had been unreal. Trent had been amazing, like he'd been really good. And then that happens. But um, just on, like, yeah, I I have have no issues with uh, friends having the crack. And, you know, if uh, if your team, if your mate, if your mate's team loses, having the crack. And, uh, you know, like, I got the the Alex Ferguson treble photo three, which is grand. I don't whatever like you know I don't mind that. Um, took Fergie thirteen years. Klopp almost got it in seven. He's got more years to go, but we'll get on that in due course. Um, and I, I don't mind it. Like it's all good crack. But this thing, like, if that's if that's supposedly failure for Liverpool this year, then I hope that's how we fail every season, every year. I'd like us to fail that way. First in two cups and second in the other two competitions you're in. I'll take that all day long. I like it to mix it up a wee bit. Don't get me wrong, but I'll take it all day long. And I think as well on the match, what helped me personally is the the parade actually helped me like sort of been like, fuck, this is all right. I got even emotional watching the parade because I I was a wee bit like, fuck me, I asked to do a parade here and I've just been beat. And then obviously what was what as well, sorry, what had happened in um, at the Stade de France to the fans. You're thinking this is going to be absolutely horrendous. And I think Jordan Henderson and Annie Robertson both said it. Uh, on the team bus, they were really worried because they didn't know how people were going to take it and like what was going to go on. And then you saw the crowds going down. It was just, <clears throat> pardon me, pretty cool and good way to I finish. Seen James it. Milner's tweet about it. He, he, I think it was, it was he, the last couple of days. He tweeted out saying how surprised it was, and he was like, it was that the amount of people that turned up for that parade the next day. Um, yeah, obviously they were hoping there'd be a European Cup there, but I mean the crowds. That turned out in Liverpool for the team was was unreal. Like, was there? I don't know how many was there. Like, I mean, when Arsenal won the FA Cup in 2014, there was 500,000 people outside the Emirates. Like, so it goes to show, like, different clubs like you get slagged off when the Carabao Cup, FA Cup, whatever. There's some clubs out there that would literally chop their leg off to see their team win an FA Cup or a Carabao Cup, and Tottenham, Tottenham would love to see. Um, their team win an FA Cup and they would have a parade for about a year. So, Release you know what? Let, let them slag. He was a wonder double, whatever. I had lost. Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't. That, that part of um, the. I don't That's give a shit. Ben. Like, people can. Uh, cousin Ben. People can. Uh, I, I, went people back can and forth on the, I went back and forth on the, the bus thing, right? Because my first reaction was lads, like an open, <laughs> an open top bus for the league and FA Cup. Like, Come on. <laughs> right. So that was my first reaction. But then when I actually saw that what they were doing and they had the, the women's team there who'd won their league. And I was like, you know what? Like you should celebrate success. Like we shouldn't be obsessed with 
the league and with the Champions League. There are other tournaments. Now, I don't, I'm, and this is not just because of who won it this year, like I'm long on the record for how I feel about the FA Cup and League Cup. I just don't think they're important at all. But why not celebrate it? Like it's been, it wasn't even the cups they were celebrating. It was how close they came to yeah. making history, probably a history that would never, ever be repeated. Um, and I think that's worth celebrating. It doesn't always have to be a win. Like sometimes you just celebrate coming really, really close to something. I mean, I, I think you're yeah, a coach, Steve, and I and I think, and this is and it was Klopp's idea, and I think for Klopp to do that, it could be a bit of a coaching moment where next season, if things go well for Liverpool, they look back and go, "Fuck, remember that." I came into this season fully expecting the team I'm coaching to to go all the way and, and win a national title, right? It's not gone that way at all. It hasn't we're still in we, we, if we win this weekend, we're still in the playoff hunt, but like it hasn't gone very well at all. But like you can bet your fucking ass at the end of the season, like when everything's over and everyone gets through the season safe. We're going out for points and we're going to celebrate and have a drink just as much as if we actually won something. Like, yeah. will I be happy we didn't win anything? No. But do the guys deserve uh, the chance to actually just get together as a group and go, do you know what? We went, you know, we went to war together this year. Let's let's go out and acknowledge that. Like, that's that's what you should do. That's what you yeah. have to do. You know, um, there was enough Saturday nights they weren't allowed to drink because they train in the next day or then again the next day. So they might as well have have one um, one night where we go. You know what? Just let your hair down. And I, I actually like we've slagged Grealish, like, but I kind of like footballers letting their hair down because you don't see it very often. Everything is so professional. Everything is so slick. Everything is so media trained. And now you've got like lads who just don't give a shit there's a camera on them can you, can you imagine if or whatever you know can you imagine the scenes of Grealish played for Liverpool I had McClop would get on celebrating <laughs> fucking yeah. chaos but the, um, you know like this is probably another podcast but Jack Grealish in a Jurgen Klopp system makes much more sense than Jack Grealish in a Pep Guardiola yeah. system so, <laughs> um, so I, I don't and I don't mind the slag and whatever and feel free to jump on I don't mind that at all Like uh, I have chosen violence as my form of uh, like R- Rezo's dead, um, He's dead. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it the bit that really, really, and like it, this means nothing because it's only me. But the bit like really, really disappointed me and really, really annoyed me was the nonsense afterwards, <clears throat> where uh, a lot of fans from a lot of other teams just seemed to completely ignore what was going on at at the start of France before the game and after the game just completely ignored completely believe I'm going to get in trouble for this lying French bastards in the French government that were just talking nonsense like just on oh, the come out again tonight and talk other nonsense again um, mm-hmm. like Liverpool as a city and a club it, like you, if you're going to pick on them like you better be sure you're going to pick on them with enough behind you to back it up or they're just going to you know they're not going to stand for it they're going to fight for it and and uh, just some of the nonsense some some people have been saying and and some maybe some of our listeners have even I've noticed have even been involved in I would never call them out on here because it wouldn't be fair but um, I'll do it. you know no no uh, like always the victim chance and oh this is oh. definitely Liverpool's fault and all this here nonsense and I thought I genuinely thought when we when we all sort of came together 
and we did to um to 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 get rid of the Super League. I genuinely thought there was a corner was turned there that um you know when when the shit hits the shovel big time. I'm not talking about just like silly things and whatever, but when it hits the shovel big time that we all had each other's back, and what's come out is evident that we don't really like and and. And 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 people, uh, some Liverpool fans will think that it's just because it's Liverpool, and that might be the case. But I genuinely think that we don't all have each other back because if that had been Man City, Manchester United, Chelsea, or Arsenal, you'd have seen Liverpool fans talking shite. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, different have so I don't. I don't think it's just a Liverpool thing. I do think it is amplified, and there's obviously something you can beat Liverpool fans with, um, because of Hillsborough and because of Hazel. Like I had some Egypt's the me about Hazel because they'd seen what they were seeing and, and I remember 1980 all this year nonsense and I was, I was dumbfounded about it. like I couldn't believe this was even a question like even like what was going on but um quite annoying to the point where like I was in my head and I, I was it's not the key, I was like fuck bring the Super League on and everyone else can get fucked do you know what I mean and that, like that was obviously I don't think we should go that far annoying, but, but, no I, I don't want to go that far but Look, um, I've I've stuck up for Liverpool this week. Like, I know, yeah, people I know, yeah. may work, and they were laughing even today about Liverpool. And I was like, why, why are you laughing at them for? You know, they were joking about about the coach innovations thing, and I said like that wasn't funny. Like, I know, I know, like you probably think, but it's not. Like, you know, people had spent money thinking they were going to France and waited for a bus for four hours. Like, I mean, that's not funny. Like, I was taking it too far. Yeah, and the fact it that's came from that blue shape down the road too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, again, people saying about Liverpool fans in Paris, and I'm like, did you see the videos? Did you see any colours? No, it was all French youth gangs. So, you know, do the reading, do the facts, don't be listening. And this, somebody actually said this to me, but the media said, I'm like, do you fucking believe everything the media say? No, you don't. No. Like, the media try to put a spin on stories to make it look like it's such a team's fault or whatever. Like this season, for example, the way the media, the fucking celebration place came out after Arsenal for celebrating winning the game. Fuck off. Like they're fucking doing the same about Liverpool winning the double. What's so Liverpool can't celebrate winning trophies? I mean, it's a load of bullshit. And the fuck that to laugh at Liverpool for winning a double, to laugh at Liverpool fans being tear gassed in France, to be left stranded waiting on a bus to go to France. I mean, it's a fucking disgrace. Yeah. And there hasn't been enough coverage on it. Not even here. I think one thing I will give though is what seems different now again. I was only I wasn't even one when when Hillsborough happened. Um but obviously everybody knows the coverage of what happened there and, 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 and afterwards. Um this time it seems that a lot and there has been a lot in the English media have stuck up for Liverpool, which has been like a total like ones that were at the game anyway, has been like a total flip. As to what's hap- what happened at Hillsborough, and, it's, and I know fans that have maybe been were at Hillsborough or or were at the Stade de France. I know from reading countless like threads of their own when they're talking about their own experiences, this has been a like a, a real moment for them that they've had the backing. Like there's been like Adam Crafton, the Athletics, been brilliant. Miguel Delaney wrote a brilliant piece the other day. Rob Harris has been brilliant. He questioned your woman um the minister, and she she ignored him, but he kept at her. Um, Cave uh, at Sky Sports, who's normally known for being an agent on transfers, he did Absolutely. some unbelievable stuff. El Chingarindo <clears throat> in Spain, you know, did some brilliant stuff as well about what's been going on. That has been a positive for it. Um, 
it's just unfortunately we live in a world where social media we're just all in it and it gives you a chance to hide behind a picture and a fake name and just be an arsehole and and there's no i don't think there's any way of policing that unless you just ban social media just you just get rid of social media let's be honest like they talk about policing and they talk about oh you can report this and report that well there's a liverpool fan reported being called all sorts of horrible derogatory names and because he called the fella a name back and it wasn't a racist name it was i think it, it was, was it the c-bomb or something he called him a gimp or something or something stupid he got banned on twitter like, but the tweets are still allowed so you, yeah. it, it's never going to happen the only way it happens is if we get rid of social media. That's how you stop it. That's in my opinion, that's how you stop it all. But I called Pierce I Morgan the C word and I got banned for twelve hours. <laughs> well, you should have been awarded. Um you yeah. were looking to jump in there, Steve. Sorry, and I kept talking. Were you looking to say something? Yeah, no, no, it's just that like I the, the weird thing has been that like football journalists, and even some who I think Liverpool fans decidedly don't like, someone like Andy Nixon, <laughs> say for example. Yeah, like, I'm one and he, he was brilliant. Yeah, like the, the like everybody who was there is absolutely united in their assessment of what happened. That that the French authorities are trying to say that this other thing happened that nobody has any footage of. That uh, despite the fact that there was probably like a hundred thousand mobile phones in the vicinity of all this fan violence and fake tickets, like none of it makes sense and like they're just digging an absolute hole for themselves um but are we surprised because like fifa the, the announcements they made in the stadium you know and you former players like diddy haman just pardon on tv down in rte and stuff and and to be fair he was called out pretty quickly and he kind of backtracked very quickly himself but um it's just like i don't understand why one football club who has had to fight for the best part of of you know two and a half decades yeah. to get their name cleared from you know horrible horrible accusations and a and press campaign to smear them and like you know if you think about it like when Hillsborough happened it it did it took two decades for the families to get justice like that could easily have you know it, it have turned very very nasty the way the the french authorities uh, reacted to their night but there was evidence there was instant evidence we could see on social media straight away and i know social media has a lot of bad but it also had a lot of good because it proved instantly that what the french authorities were saying was bullshit what uefa was saying was bullshit and i think that has to be a plus point for social media and stuff um and i just thought that like the way UEFA handled it, even like just going ahead with the pre-match entertainment and stuff. Oh. It's like what the terrible. Like, oh, shit. I ju- yeah. like I just don't understand it. Like they did it. I I was at the Champions League final in twenty seventeen. The San the San Siro one between the two Madrid teams, and they that was the first year they did it, and we were all sitting there kind of looking at each other going. The fuck is this? I mean, like, I'm an American football fan. Like, I get what fuck you, I get like pre game entertainment and I get all that. But at the same time, this is a football match. I want to hear the Champions League team and I want to hear the f- the first whistle go. That is it. That is my pre match yeah. entertainment that I want to hear. Well, what was security like at the San Siro that time? I was only talking about this today. So we were stopped three times, I think. So we were stopped on 
on the bus on the way. Now, bear in mind, I had media a media pass, right? But we were stopped on the bus from our hotel to the stadium, about 5K from the San Siro. Then when we got off the bus, before we could leave the yard, the, the area where the bus was parked, the, the kind of, like, it was like a giant, it was like a, like a car park, but it wasn't a car park, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we were checked, leaving out there, and then we were checked about, I would say, half a kilometre from the stadium. And then obviously you had the ticket check going into the there was a village, a Champions League village outside the stadium. You were checked there, and then you were checked again when you went into the ground. So I'd say in total four or five checks before I I got there. Um, and like there wasn't a single person had like a fake ticket. There wasn't a single person chancing their arm, you know, trying to get in or whatever. Um, but that was all done. Now the Sancero is a kip. Um, the Stade de France is a much nicer, more modern stadium. Um, so it should have handled it better. But even then, like when we got to the when we got to the stadium, it was quite a everything was stopped. It was just literally processing one person at a time, and there might have been fifteen hundred people trying to get through that media entrance or whatever. Um, so it did bottleneck. So I can imagine how if you close a couple of turnstiles. And you have 20,000 people trying to get in through four turnstiles that are now two turnstiles. You can absolutely see why um, it, it becomes a really serious situation very, very quickly. But the other thing is, like, the, the laughing at Liverpool fans and the, the kind of the taking the piss, like, you know, football is expensive. Like, a ticket for the Champions League final is about £350, so like €400, Euro, right? That's not that's not counting your flights. That's not counting your hotel. That's not counting any of the other stuff that you have to do around around the match. People might get to see one Champions League final in person in their entire life, and to have that experience ruined, to have like kids pepper sprayed, to have people in wheelchairs pepper sprayed, like how is that funny? Like Andy or what's his name, David Squires. Did, I don't know if anyone has, has seen his, his cartoon um, in the Guardian this week. And it was like, you know, he had, he talked about how we've tribalized everything so much so that like the only joy we can get as a, as a population or, you know, I think he called it the Toryfication of like your family or something like that. But it's like, you know, you see two kids starving and it's like, you know, someone singing a football chant to it. You see someone deciding, you know, freezing cold in their home. It's like, well, why don't you burn your couch? And you know the last scene is the most poignant, and it's it's just a teddy bear floating in the channel, and it's like, um, you know, well, like it sucks, like you 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 basically you suck or whatever, like you know, and it, it's that idea that it's us against them, and when it's actually not, what we should all do is turn around as football fans and go, that's absolutely fucking disgraceful. Like none of us would want to see that. If I brought my kids to a Champions League final or any football game. And they were screwed over by, you know, a fake coach or they were screwed over by the police or and authorities closing a gate. Like, I would be livid. And I don't understand why where empathy stops. And I know we not crack out with each other. Like, I got no enjoyment out of Liverpool losing that final. Uh, the day afterwards, when kind of things had settled down, yeah, I did. Like, it was obviously it's fun that, like, they were going for the quadruple and now they didn't win it like don't get me wrong from that point of view from a purely football point of view yeah yes i got enjoyment out of it but i didn't get any enjoyment about the way Liverpool fans were treated i didn't get any enjoyment about how you know people who i thought were better than this started using the the victim stuff and started talking about hillsborough and heisel and stuff like that it's like 
This is a very, very different situation. It's comparable with Hillsborough because authorities are trying to blame Liverpool fans, but that is the only comparison between the two. And it, it just drives me mad. Like, surely we are better than this as a people. Like, to, to that we can kind of realise that something is intrinsically bad and we go, okay, I'm going to back you. Despite the fact I don't like your football team, I actively want your football team to lose football matches. I can still look at you as another human being and go, that was shit how you were treated. Like yeah. when when did that become something that was impossible to do for most people? And I just I just don't get it. Do you know what I find sort of shocking? Like there was a video, and I don't know if you used to have seen it. It seemed to be a UEFA official. Um, this lady was taken. French locals just through the turnstiles, just saying, right, let him through, let him through. Somebody, one of them pointed back, it must have been his friend or something, and they were like, right, let him through. And I was like, they're, they're a UEFA official, they're meant to be making sure everything is going right, and they're letting people through who have no tickets, just absolute thugs. While there are kids out there, there's, you know, parents, there's, like you said, people in wheelchairs, people with disabilities, who are getting pepper sprayed and tear gas, and I'm like, <clears throat> What is this like? This is ridiculous. The, uh, the mayor of Liverpool um, went into the VIP box when he got there and asked, uh, "Surf, how do you pronounce him? The UEFA president?" Uh, Surfovich or whatever. Surfovich. Surf or whatever. Yeah, uh, Infantino yeah. and Marcosi. I mean, why he was asked Marcosi? Whatever. It was a it was a pretty hectic time for help, and the more or less told him to go fuck himself. They weren't interested, which yeah. is why, which is why I started the show saying bring them back the Super League. It's one of the the things I was like, like well, they do not care, they do not give two shiny shites. UEFA are doing their independent report. That'll be a bag of dung. Yeah. Um. So that doesn't. It'll be as useful as the Sue Gray report. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take take no heed of that. Like so, I I, I have no no interest in UEFA or FIFA at the minute. Like I just think it's just. I, like it's it even like i didn't know this even rangers fans uh and frankfurt fans in seville were left with no water for like a, like an hour before kickoff left with no way to get the water and stuff like this here and different things and things were happening there as well i think there's a shit show getting into that ground as well like it's just like they don't care but but, but they'll get their three thousand vips that they can get in they'll get them a hotel room They'll get them taxis or uh, limos or chauffeur down the ground. They'll get them in the ground. They'll get to their mail and they get them sorted. They don't care. Like they don't care. Um, another thing as well, BT Sport, get into the fucking bin. Get into the bin and fucking stay in the bin. Horrendous. Like I, I was, I was getting because I was following what was going on outside on my phone when the delay kick off, and they were, they just were not going to it. I don't know whether, like, because Stephen Jarrett was there, they didn't want, like, I was thinking maybe he, because obviously Jarrett obviously has with Hillsborough and stuff and, and his cousin, so maybe there was a panic going on there and they were trying to keep him, I don't know what was going on, but I, it's, it's obviously no excuse, but they just they just were not going, Jake Humphries kept repeating UEFA's line, and I, I was sitting with Dad, and I was like, if he says that one more time, I'm going to fucking volley this TV in half. It's just horrendous. Like even him today putting his tweet tweet out about, uh, you know, I, I'm still sorry for Liverpool fans, but twelve and a half million watched me on TV. Like, fuck, clean off, 
fuck clean off you moron like i there's a brilliant piece in uh in uh football 365 by i can't remember his name but he wrote about the bt sport and johnny nicholson was it bang and how five live covered it better and five live do cover it better because uh they just are better at it and they just seen that they have a thing called empathy and they have a, you know like they have seemed to have a thing where they're not all about their own egos certainly steve crossman isn't um he's been a guest on this show and and i've been lucky enough to chat to him privately on different things and he really doesn't have an ego he's a lovely fella and they covered it brilliantly they had people on the ground covered it so you knew what was going on and you knew what was coming back bd hadn't it they just they were they wanted to talk about it at one point they actually i think he actually asked rio ferdinand about this being a spectacle because we have camilla cabello playing while there was fans outside getting tear gassed two like, decades to quite honest. Like, absolutely get into the fucking bin and stay in it i don't want to see him ever again but we'll move on because i'll get too angry here talking about it um just to change tact paul pogba steve happy yes or no <laughs> You're going to make Steve angry now. <laughs> no, I'm going to let Steve um, get rid of his anger. John Brown had a great tweet today. Where he's <laughs> on, his, on his day, Paul Pug was unplayable, which is why three managers dropped him. Um, <laughs> I just thought that that is the Paul Pug experience. I like. I just don't understand how they didn't learn their lesson from the first time they let him go. That this is how it was going to end. Um, look, a phenomenal talent. Like when he's on, probably one of the top five footballers in the world, right? Absolutely has it, but needs such a supporting cast around him that you you just can't you can't justify those players in this day and age when a player like Kevin De Bruyne, a player like Son, a player like Saka can can drag a team over the line like single-handedly if they want to Pogba never did that for United ever not I can't think of a single game actually I'm, I'm telling you I think there was like an FA Cup was it not the Man City derby mm, even then like there was a game I think it was more Alexis Sanchez dragged United back in that game if I recall yeah um, he played very well I mean, he did. He did have, I suppose, a good bit of a run uh, when Solskjaer first came in for. About yeah, five he did. That's years. that's exactly that was well, he, had a six, that. he had a six-game run under Solskjaer. That I think had an FA Cup game in there as well, and he looked, he looked like okay, this could be something, but like he just, he, he was United's Ozil, in my opinion. Like same thing with Ozil, like on his yeah. day fantastic player all the talent in the world if you've no application and no effort there's no point in having it like yeah um i think that's also is a great comparison because like me as a united fan looking at also could never understand the way arsenal fans spoke about him because i only ever saw him in flashes of brilliance but when you have to watch it week in and week out you know you go ah now i see i know i see <laughs> so good riddance um i thought the the post today from, like there was a few of them from United today, Jesse Lingard as well. Um, oh, is he away too? Yeah, he's away too. Yeah. After 22 years with the club, he's away on a free. Um, once a red, always a red. Yeah, yeah, once a red, always a red. But he was twice a red. Like, he literally <laughs> left and came back. Like, it didn't even make sense from Matt's point of view. But, um, yeah. Can Look, I just say, we, we have got absolutely destroyed in the media for signing Nicolas Pepe. 
there's been not a word, now nowhere to the same level of criticism for Man United about Pog Pogba. How much of a fucking mess that was. I suppose the same with Chelsea and Lukaku, but he can still redeem himself. Um, but it's just like like I said, Pogba has can be unbelievable. Like he he was fantastic in the World Cup for France when they won it, and like I mean, he could have been like Patrick Vieira. I mean, he could have dominated the fields if he wanted to. Like, but he just he just wasn't arsed, unless he had someone to do the dirty work for him. That was it. That's exactly it. Like, I mean, and he's going to go to Syria. There was yeah. a time Oscar tried to play him as like a holding midfielder, which was a very strange uh, experiment. But it kind of meant he was on the ball a lot more than he normally would be. And it kind of forced them into having some like pretty good games. Um, but yeah, it just it was all too fleeting. And like, it would have been nice to get some money back on it. They, they I don't know why he didn't even try to sell him last year. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Like, let him on. They want the first of about 10 players that needs to leave the club, I think, before things can start settling again. I think that's been the consensus across the whole United fan base, just uh, peeping in on today. And when he's gone, yeah, look, he should have been, he should have been booted out when he came on at Anfield there about, what, six, seven weeks ago, played 10 minutes and was like, no, <laughs> no, I can't be bothered with this. He shouldn't. Have, he should have been. That's, he should have been given his Martian orders then. Um, yeah. But Johnny on Arsenal then, yeah. uh, being linked with every number nine going, it seems. Uh, yeah, you see, to be honest, Phil, like um, I haven't paid too much attention to it because it happens every summer. Yeah. Um, I'll just wait until something until like David Ornstein tweets about it. You get Ronnie's Ronnie. Yeah, then I'm not. I'm not going to pay attention to shit because it's just all speculation. I mean, Jesus Christ! The one I sent in yesterday was it Ray Ray bloody LFC saying Klopp going for <laughs> yeah. Martinelli and Frank. Christ the night. He's like ten followers. Um, no, I just I know we have been linked with Tommy Abraham and Gabriel Jesus and uh, another striker in Syria. We're going to be linked with every number nine that's sort of on the market this summer um, because it's obvious. We need a number nine. Lacazette's gone, and I think Kelly has signed a new deal, but he's not. He's not long term. He's not going to get you 25, 30 goals a season. So they do need somebody with with quality there to push them up to the next level. Um, but we'll just see what comes in. I mean, it's, it's still very early days. Um, but we, we I, th- I think we will get we will get a decent striker in and hopefully get somebody in the center midfield. Probably somebody who can cover the Xhaka and party role because Thomas Party is probably going to be injured at some stage next season again. Um, and we need a left back because Kieran Tierney's only played fifty four percent of the games he should have been available for Arsenal, if you know. So he's only played, played half the games he should have over the last three seasons, which is wild. And he won't be playing at the World Cup. Oh, I've I realised Ukraine and Scotland are playing tonight, so obviously Ukraine won. 3-1. <clears throat> Very good. That'll be a big one for them. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, it's all, it's all quiet on the Arsenal front for me at the moment. I've just been taking a bit of a break after a bit of a mad season. Um, but we'll go again. As Klopp says, we'll go again. Yeah. In a, in a couple I, of weeks' time. On Liverpool, it was obviously that what came out today, well, the other the news, Sadio Mane 
although nothing has come, nothing else concrete has come out yet, whether he's going to Bayern Munich or not. Um, so that could be happening. And then Mo Salah, he wants to be the fifth highest paid player in the world, I think. Uh, and it looks like Liverpool aren't going to budge. So if he's going to, he's going to run down his contract and potentially move on. If if that's what they want to do, I I trust Liverpool. Do whatever. Like if that's what you think you're going to do, go with it. Um, they've got enough things right for Liverpool fans to still have trust in them. One thing I will say is if if Salah and his Nike, and this is only coming out from journalists, so it doesn't over make me confident. But if Salah and his team start using the line, well, if you don't pay me what I want, I'm just going to go to Man City in the summer. You can fucking go now. You know what I mean? I don't want Liverpool held a ransom. Like I've seen Liverpool held a ransom before. I've seen your clubs be held a ransom. Both your clubs be held a ransom by players, and it's just it's not. It, it no one should ever be bigger than a football club. Um, Why anyone that wants to anyone that wants to come close to it should be the manager. In my opinion should be the biggest person, and then you can follow from there. Um. So. Yeah, we'll I see how it pans out. I give it to him. I give it to him in a heartbeat. It's not my money. It's I don't understand the the fear of overpaying someone, especially when you've just lost such a valuable player. I, I I could put an argument in against it because you see, we, can I just go we crippled ourselves in? by doing yeah. that. Two seconds, Johnny. The Sadio Mane I love and adore Sadio Mane. I adore him. But if you'd asked, if this had to come out in November, you everyone not I'm not pointing you, Steve, but I, all of us would have been like, "What made me a bad day for Liverpool?" Do you know what I mean? He had he had a he had a brilliant end of the season. He was he was a brilliant, and he he owes Liverpool nothing. He has been such a superstar. He go down as one of our best ever. Um, but I'm happy enough to let Sadio Mane go to Bayern Munich. He's earned it. Do you know he, he wants a new challenge? Go and do your new challenge. That's fine. But on I I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him four hundred and fifty, five hundred thousand pound a week. I wouldn't give that to Mo Salah. I wouldn't. Um, Liverpool are happy enough to, to work with him. You can give it to him in a heartbeat. It hasn't worked before, um, so I just wouldn't do it. Um, I think if you're a Man City fan, you can afford to do it. You can't afford to do it. I Man City can do Liverpool can't do Yeah, we give we give Ozil a big deal, and he was on hitting thirty, and he done nothing. And we had to pay him off big time to get rid of him. And um, we done the same with Bamiang, and we fucked yeah. ourselves. Like, it, it does have an impact behind the scenes because obviously, if you're going to pay somebody that amount of money, then other players in the team are going to be like, well, why am I not getting that? And then, you know, it's like a domino effect. And other players that potentially want to come to your club say, well, fucking Ozil's doing nothing at Arsenal. Look at he's getting paid. Maybe I should chance my arm there. Or the same with the Bamiang. Like, players at that age, no. I mean, mid twenties, yeah, work away. Like Salah would have five good years, maybe still in six years. He's hit. He's what is he? Thirty now. Twenty nine. He'll be thirty in the summer. Yeah. Ah, well, same age we give Ozil a big deal, and same age we give Aubameyang the big deal. So it doesn't. It doesn't work out, yeah, and you're you're fudged. You're absolutely fudged. I just think if he wins Liverpool two league titles. It's worth every cent. Just that simple, like it's your your. I I know what you're saying. I I I completely understand where you're coming from, Steve. I just I don't want Liverpool to go down that road. I've 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 been too vocal on them on money and football. I just I don't want them to go down that road of paying that. Like the Mbappe deal was absolutely insane. Like um, he's fucked it for everyone for playing him. 
Louis yeah. Deck, uh, with his deal about PSG. I, I just wouldn't. But um, look, if if they That's do come down podcast, to it and though. they do pay it in the end, whatever. What do you say? That's a different podcast. I mean, yeah. How um, is that financial fair play? How is that even? How is that even possible? I don't know. It's, but we're not uh, going to get into that. We'll be here no, fucking half we'll an eight. All, all night. Um, I think. No, I, I, I just think I, I and I know you don't. You, you shouldn't panic. And I get all of that. Like, but would you rather in five years' time that Liverpool have have been financially prudent for five years, or that they had two or three league titles? Like, I think they can be financially prudent and win two or three league titles. I don't think you can. That's the thing. I think that, that that's gone. I think that's that's the issue. And that's a bigger question, but I don't think you can. That's Do you think well if you look at it as like do you think then it's we're just if Liverpool don't do something like that, we're looking at a city dominance? Yeah, I think we are. I think we're one we're one Liverpool title away from everybody going, Oh, the Premier League's focused because Man City are just gonna win every year. It's like, really that's the discussion we'd be having. Like, if if the United or if Liverpool don't win that league title, all we're talking about is Man City have won five titles in a row. Like, that's the conversation all the time, and and that football is ruined. But it's more so that I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I'm saying that that's the way it is. Like, we want it to be one way, but it's the yeah. other way to, to use the wire line. You know, it's it, and I'm not. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. But I think Liverpool fans, and this is not you. This is absolutely not you, Phil, because it's not something you talk about. But I swear to fuck, if I see one more <laughs> nerd talking about <laughs> and fucking net spend, I don't give a shite about net uh, spend. It is not my money. It will never be my money. Net spend is not a real thing. Stop trying to pretend it's a real thing. I right? think. I think it's... I think it's... It used to be. It used to be a lot more. I think people are sort of like, "All right, let's move on from this now." But I do. I do see the odd one. You're just like, "Stop talking about net spend." Like, don't Saka has two years left. <laughs> I I know you joke. I know you joke, Johnny. But I genuinely think Liverpool might chase after one of those two. Well, like, um, let's, let's, let's be honest. Like, if they didn't, then you have to ask why, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best young players in the world at the moment. Like, both of them are so. probably two of the best young players in the league. Saka's why, why would why would you not try and get him? But, yeah, the other before we finish up, uh, the other mad rumor was Harry Kane to Liverpool, um, which I don't know where this came from, but it certainly gained. It was quite amusing, actually, uh, a bit of a bit of a light relief um, in the last couple of days. Um, I mean, if that if they did do that, that would be. Um, cousin Ben probably wouldn't talk to me for a very long time, but um, that'd be an interesting thing to happen. But yeah, I think that'll probably do us. We're going to take maybe a little bit of a babble break for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to just forget football and focus on the Ironman TT for a couple of weeks and watch it and enjoy it, and then hopefully line up. I've hopefully line up a few guests going forward. And this, the season starts again the sixth of August, <laughs> uh, which is very close, closer than than it usually is. So. And we'll have that to look forward to. But um, yeah, good to get a, a, a podcast out after Champions League final. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, thanks for everyone tuned in on our Patreon, um, patreon.com forward slash fo- football babble. Um, pardon me. And if you can donate to whatever, it's like one pound a month, 12 pound a year. Thanks for everyone getting involved on all our socials um, at the football babble on Instagram and Twitter. 
as I said, we're going to take a wee short break now, a couple of weeks. We'll be back uh, building up, talking about probably transfers that have happened, different things that are going on, um, and then bounce into next season. And as Johnny said earlier, in the words of Jurgen Norbert Klopp, we go again and we see what happens. Um, Steve and Jonathan, we'll chat these later and good luck. Okay. Madrid. <laughs>